I'm recording this podcast episode on December the 22nd. And you know, nothing screams happy holidays louder than a cup of warm cocoa or the family coming home to visit or talking about placental transfusion of the neonate. I mean, doesn't that just make you feel all warm and cozy inside? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Look, the truth is, I thought I was done covering this soon-to-be-released CME article on placental transfusion of the neonate, right? It's coming out in January in the Green Journal. It was our podcast immediately before this one. But I received several messages and several questions that were actually pretty good. And I thought, you know what, I, I, we've got to address this because it's actually within that article. Well, here was the question or here was the comment or the concern. You know, one of the contraindications that we talked about in our last episode to delayed cord clamping was the non-vigorous newborn. According to the college, it says, because we just don't have a lot of data, it's reasonable to perform early cord clamping when the baby's just not vigorous because you don't want to delay resuscitation. That makes sense, right? However, we know that the babies that benefit the most are those that are born premature or extreme prematurely. And this is the question. Those babies that often need resuscitation are the ones, ironically, that can benefit the most with delayed cord clamp. So what do we do there in these babies that we know can have benefit from that placental transfusion of the neonate, but at the same time, we don't want to delay the NRP, Neonatal Resuscitation Program, algorithm. So what do we do? Well, that is in that article. So let's summarize that answer now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Most guidelines on delayed cord clamping include only neonates who are vigorous and who do not require resuscitation. In addition, the underlying etiologies contributing to why a preterm or term neonate is deemed not vigorous may be different. Many extremely preterm neonates may not appear vigorous after delivery, yet these neonates may benefit the most from delayed cord clamping. A small randomized study that included neonates born at 22 to 27 weeks who had a median 1 APGAR score of 2 consistent with the need for resuscitation, demonstrated that those who received delayed cord clamping compared to early cord clamping had actually similar safety outcomes, but higher normal NICU admission temperatures, higher blood pressures in the first 24 hours, increased hematocrit at 72 hours, and decreased number of red blood cell transfusion in the first 28 days of life. Remember, we've said this before on different podcasts. Having limited data is much different than having no data at all. Although limited in number, studies support that most preterm newborns, including those born extremely premature, will initiate breathing within the first 60 seconds after delivery. And that's with both delayed cord clamping or early cord clamping. 
in a randomized trial that included 150 preterm neonates who received 60 seconds of delayed cord clamping. Spontaneous breathing occurred, on average, within 25 seconds of delivery with both vaginal and cesarean birth. Okay, so what's the take-home message here regarding preterm or extremely preterm newborns and delayed cord clamp? Well, remember, the college does not consider that an absolute contraindication just because they're born non-vigorous. It says that we don't have enough data, so you can consider early cord clamping. However, if we remember that even in the extremely prematurely born children, that spontaneous breathing can occur within the first 25 seconds, it is reasonable on a case-by-case decision-making plan to keep that baby warm and delay the cord clamp for 30 seconds because within 25 seconds, in the vast majority of cases, that baby will attempt to have spontaneous breathing. So stimulate the child, keep the baby warm, and consider, if you feel comfortable doing that, delayed cord clamping for 30 seconds because these are the babies where the benefit is clearly shown balancing that risk for or need for resuscitation with delayed cord clamping. Remember, that data and opinion was regarding preterm or extremely preterm newborns. But what about non-vigorous term neonates? Well, the data is even better there. Because compared with preterm neonates, most term newborns appear to spontaneously breathe sooner after birth. And remember, we're talking about delayed cord clamping defined as just 30 seconds or more after birth. So during that time, stimulation of the child, keeping the baby warm, if you feel comfortable doing that, still has benefits over early or immediate cord clamping. Well, of course, that's the academic answer right? I mean, that's all fine and good. Delayed cord clamping is the best. It protects the child. It decreases the need for transfusion, yada, yada, yada. We discussed that in the last podcast. However, in the real world setting, I mean, I've been there. I know you have too. If you haven't, you will be. We deliver that patient vaginally or we're at C-section and that baby comes out and it's floppy and it's not breathing. And so our innate just tendency is to clamp that cord cut it and give that baby to the NICNU team. I get that. But the data really does show that if we just stimulate that child and keep that baby warm, spontaneous breathing typically ensues pretty quickly. Remember that the college kind of hedges this recommendation because it says, quote, the practice of early cord clamping is not based on evidence or physiology and is no longer considered a part of the active management of the third stage of labor, end quote. Well, that's great. But then it goes on to say, unless there's a perceived need for urgent resuscitation. So once again, it's a case-by-case issue. I try to get some delayed cord clamping for about 25 to 30 seconds if possible. But it does make the NICU team nervous and it makes the nurses nervous, makes us nervous. So remember, it's hard to make a blanket recommendation. But the truth is, these babies that are born non-vigorous typically... At early gestational ages, especially if they're extremely premature, benefit the most from this delayed cord clamp. Now, if your question is about milking the cord to get that blood in there quicker, well, then we covered that before in the first episode. So if you're interested in that and you skip that first one, well, you're going to have to go back and listen to that because we actually discussed that just before this current session. So it's tough when that baby is non-vigorous and the college does kind of hedge that bet saying it's kind of a relative contraindication. However, in another portion of the document states that, well, benefits are clearly there. So what's the take home? The final, whether it's preterm or term, 
Well, use your case-by-case decision-making. Try to keep that baby warm. Stimulate that child. And if you're comfortable and your delivery team is comfortable, consider at least 25 to 30 seconds of delayed cord clamp because you're still under that first minute of the NRP algorithm. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. As always, we're thankful that you're part of our podcast family. We wish you the best during this holiday season, and we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls. Thank you.